The following audio is from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com. I'd like to talk with you today about walking with God. What does it mean to walk with God? Sometimes you'll hear in different Christian circles, hey, how's your walk going? Or how's your walk with God going? And I don't want to be critical, but we're going to challenge that notion a little bit today in in this sense. Sometimes you'll hear people say, how's your walk with God going? As if it's one little compartment in your life. You know, how's your business going? How's your marriage going? How's that new workout plan going? Oh, and how's your walk with God going? As if it's this one little compartment of your life. We're going to look today at the Hebrew concept of walking, and we're going to see what Scripture means when it talks about us walking with God. We're going to see that it is much, much bigger than our English word walk would suggest. It, it, It includes the whole of our life. And either we are walking with God, and it affects everything in our life, lives or we're not walking with God. It's not like we just go about our life doing what we want to do and our walk with God is this one little compartment. And we're going to see this uh, in a number of texts. And one is the story of Enoch. And Enoch is one of my favorite guys in scripture. We don't know a whole lot about him. There's just about three verses written about him. But here's the main thing we know. Enoch walked with God. We find this in Genesis chapter 5 in verses 22 and 24. We're told two times in the very little bit that we know about this guy's whole long life. Here's the defining thing about Enoch. He walked with God. And I wonder for you as you start 2014, uh, is your life that kind of life? Is your life at the end the kind where uh, on your gravestone it could say, uh, she walked with God. He walked with God. Could that be said about you? Is that the kind of life that you're living? Enoch walked with God. And what's neat about these two verses is we realize there's this point in Enoch's life where he learns to walk with God. And from then on, his life is different. It's not that he didn't have problems or difficulties, but he was a different person. He had learned to walk with God. In fact, I picture him as this uh, older guy, because he lived a long time, who has this kind of sage-like wisdom. And after he learns to walk with God, I, I just picture him watching these younger people, you know, bustle about in life, running around, trying to find achievement and satisfaction and purpose through getting more land or getting more flocks or getting this crop or doing whatever it was at the time. And, and I imagine him just kind of looking on and, and peacefully he has this inner satisfaction that he knows you know the real joy doesn't come from those things it comes from walking with God in fact God God's word tells us this today my inner me that is your soul your spirit your heart your inner you finds ultimate joy when you do what you were created to do and what is that it's to walk with God Melanie and I I recently watched this documentary called Blackfish about the orca whales at SeaWorld, which we love, by the way, so I'm not taking a political position on this, okay? But the point of the movie was that these orca whales are created to swim as much as 100 miles 
a day. So that's from here to Phoenix. That, you know, that's like, a, that's like a stroll for an orca whale. And here they are in these, these very small tanks for their size at places like SeaWorld. And often what will happen is that dorsal fin on their back that's supposed to stick straight up. The longer they're in captivity, it'll start to sag, and eventually it'll, it'll flop all the way over. And it's this kind of visual, physical thing that happens uh, as the whales, you know, according to these experts, get depressed because they're in captivity. And I thought, boy, how many people do we know who are living in captivity? And really, their lives are, they're, they're depressed. They might not show it on their face all the time, but, but they're, they're kind of like one of those orca whales that's, that's captive. And, and the reason for that captivity is we're not doing what we're created to do, which we see in God's word today is to walk with God you know, you don't have to have legs to walk with God. Walking with God doesn't mean, you know, if you have bad knees or a bad back, like, oh, I'm out, not a big walker. Uh, walking with God's not about your legs or even your physical walking. It's about your heart and it's about the direction of your life. Scripture uses this metaphor hundreds of times. I'm going to give you a few examples here. First, Micah 6, verse 8. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Psalm 89 verse 15 says, Blessed are those who have learned to praise you who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. Colossians 2 verse 6 talks about our old life before we knew Christ, before we trusted in him as Savior, says that we walked in darkness. And now that we know Christ, Colossians 2 verse 6 says, so walk in him, walk in this new life. Romans 6 4 talks about the same thing. It says, we were buried with Christ through baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too may walk in newness of life. That's why when I get to do a baptism, I'll often say, buried in the likeness of his death and raised in the likeness of his resurrection. What does that mean? It means when Jesus died on the cross, he died for our sins. So when we get baptized, our salvation isn't at our baptism. It's when we trust in Christ. But our, our baptism is this picture that I'm dying to that old nature, and then you're raised into a newness of life. And by the way, if you've never been baptized, it's a biblical thing to do. We'd love to help you take care of that anytime. We love baptizing people. So just let us know on a Hi There card. We'll be happy to baptize you and explain to you the spiritual significance of it. But that's why when we bring them up out of the water, we say, uh, raised into newness of life. And a lot of times as the person then is walking away, I'll say, so walk in newness of life, because that's what Romans 6 verse 4 says, our walk. Galatians chapter 6 and chapter 5, when it's talking about um, the fruits of our old flesh, you know, anger and jealousy and greed and pride, it compares that with the new life in the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, self-control. And Galatians 5 16 says, so I say, walk by the Spirit. In fact, a lot of newer translations will say live by the Spirit because the translator's looking at the Greek word peripateo, which means to walk. And the translator's looking at it and saying, well, the Greeks really meant to live, which is true. So some translations will just say, so live 
by the Spirit. Uh, but if you want to get really literal, the Greek word is walk. And the Hebrew word we're going to see is walk. But the reason translators sometimes do that is the Greek and Hebrew ideas of walking are so much bigger than our English idea of walking. Remember what Jesus would say when he'd walk up to disciples like Peter who was fishing with his nets there. And Jesus, um, would he say, hey, come believe in me. No, he'd say, come follow me. And the disciples who chose to follow him would drop their nets and they would literally walk with Jesus. So we see this concept all through scripture. And we're going to look now and just give you an overview. What does God mean when he says that he wants you to walk with him? Here's the first thing we see. It's sharing the same course, journey, or direction in life. The first time the Hebrew word for walk is used is one that you might not expect because it's used of a river. Most rivers don't have legs or feet or toes. But here's the first time the Hebrew word walk is used in Genesis 2.14. The name of the third river is Tigris. It runs along. That's the word walk. It walks along the east side. So this idea that a river, and I don't know if you've ever walked through a dry riverbed or a dry stream bed, you realize that it has a course. It has things that it went over, and times it went up, and times it went down, and times it went left, and times it went right. That's what it means to walk. This is not talking about a stroll. This is more like a road trip, a lifelong road trip that that God says, I want to walk with you. Every time there's a turn in your life, I want to be with you. Every time there's an up, every time there's a down, I want to be with you in the course of your life. For a people who traveled by foot, who were often nomadic, the idea of walking together was to share life together. If you're walking the same course with me, we've probably got our herds of animals together. We're moving through life together. And when we get attacked by, you know, some bandits or marauders, we're going to fight together. When we're low on food, we're going to work together. When it's time to plant, we're going to plant together. When it's time to harvest, we're going to harvest together. To walk together meant all these things in the Hebrew mind. It's to share life. It's to share purpose. It's to share direction. Here's the next thing that God means when he talks about walking together in his word. It's companionship in the cool of the day. Companionship in the cool of the day. Second time this word is used is in Genesis 3 verse 8. Adam and Eve are in the garden. You'll remember God created Adam and Eve perfect. No sickness, no sin, no fighting, no divorce, no disease, no murder, no genocide. Perfect world. And God says to Adam and Eve, you guys are in charge of it. You, I want you to steward this. I want you to take care of it. And, and we don't know all of the details of how great Adam and Eve's life was, but we know from Genesis 3 verse 8 that God would walk over to them and apparently walk with them and among them. In Genesis 3 verse 8 is this very sad part of the story of humanity because Adam and Eve have just chosen after God said, all this is yours, there's just one thing not to do. They've chosen to disobey God. And in that moment, they set off this spiritual atomic warhead and and this infection of sin covered the earth and has been spreading through humanity ever since. And that's why we have war 
and death and divorce and murder and, and all of the hurts and pains. That's why our bodies break down and die. And from that moment on, physically, God was separated from humanity. Why? Because God is the source of all that's good in the universe. Uh, picture, if you will, a, a gigantic bucket of white paint. I don't know if you've ever seen that. If you've painted in your house, you've got this big bucket of white paint. Scripture describes God as holy. It describes our sin as uh, Im- impurity. Now think about this. You know, some people say, well, if God's loving, then after we sinned, why didn't he just, you know, keep us in the Garden of Eden, keep us in heaven? Well, heaven, God's presence is this source of purity from which everything that's good in the universe comes out of there. Now, now our sin is like a, a dark, murky paint. If you drop one drop of that into a bucket of white paint, you know what will happen? It will no longer be a bucket of white paint. So it's hard for us to understand, but it's actually God's love for us that said, I cannot have sin in my presence. It's his nature that he can't have sin in my presence. And so as a result, there was created this divide between all of humanity and God. And God throughout history has spoken through prophets and through his word to say, here's how you bridge that divide. Here's how to get back to me. And the ultimate bridge that God provided was the person of Jesus Christ, who himself was God. Picture a king living in a palace who sees people who are struggling, you know, in like a Chernobyl-type area that's been infected with radiation. Everyone's dying. Everyone's fighting. It's a gross, gross place. There's disease. There's plagues. There's death. And, and, and this this powerful ruler who lives in a totally sterile, perfect palace says, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to wear their raggy clothes and I'm going to walk among them and I'm going to heal some of them to show my power. And then I'm going to let all of them ultimately take my life so that I can purify everyone who will believe in me. That's what God did in Jesus. Jesus is fully God, not a God. He's the one true God who came down, walked among the dirtiness of earth spiritually, healed the sick, gave sight to the blind, and ultimately went to the cross. Why? So that he could pay the penalty for every mistake I've ever made. Scripture calls it sin. Every time I've wronged someone, lied about someone, cheated about someone, had an impure thought about someone, Jesus paid for all that. And Jesus paid it for you as well. The question is if you've believed in him. Scripture says whoever will believe in him will become a child of God. You get adopted into God's family when you acknowledge, okay, God, I'm a sinner. I'm separated from you. I want to turn away from my sin. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Will you be my savior? If you haven't done that, you're never going to be able to walk with God. Once you do that, Scripture says that your sins are forgiven that you're adopted into the family of God. And now for those of us who know Christ, down here in this fallen world, we don't see God with us, but we can walk with him. Scripture says his spirit lives inside of us. And there's this companionship that we can have with God. But very few believers, in my opinion, experience it um, as much as you could. It's like this great secret. A lot of us still think of God as someone that we go to to get favors. You know, God, help me find my keys. Help my wife not to be mad at me. Help me get this promotion. That's great. God wants to hear those things. 
But a lot of us think like that's the best it gets with God. But you look at what the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 3. Paul has been through all sorts of things with God. And he says, I've realized everything else is rubbish compared to one thing, to knowing Christ, knowing God, walking with him in your life, knowing him as your companion, someone you share all of life with. That is the ultimate joy that your soul can experience because it's what your soul was created for. It's the Garden of Eden, spiritually. So, so if you don't have that today, first of all, have you trusted in Christ? Let's look a little more about what walking with God really looks like. Companionship. Next, shared purpose and direction. What God means by walking together. He's talking about shared purpose and direction. I love this scriptural metaphor of walking because I love walking. Uh, to the point, poor Melanie, that the whole reason we picked the neighborhood we live in when we finally decided to buy a home, uh, I picked my favorite walking neighborhood because I love to walk. I love to get home at the end of the day and uh, go out and take the kids for a walk. And usually, I'll already have walked a little in the afternoon after lunch. I'll sneak a little walk in and I'll kind of do emails or whatever. I just, I love walking. And a lot of times I take Jack and Zoe out. I'll put Zoe in the stroller and Jack will walk now. He's four. And uh, almost every time we go, we, it's Melanie's chance to get a break from the kids, right? She's had them all day. And uh, uh, Jack and Zoe and I will be walking. And very often, uh, probably two out of three times, we run into the same neighbor, Connie. Connie's awesome. She's super friendly. And she has this really friendly dog that the kids love to pet. So, you know, somewhere in our walk, we'll bump into Connie and we'll talk about, hey, how are you doing? And then we'll go on our way and Connie will go on her way. And as I was thinking about walking, I realized, you know, for so many of us who are Christians, we know Christ. We can now talk to him whenever we want, but we're not really walking with him. We're bumping into him every once in a while. And when we bump into him, it's really nice, but then we go on our separate ways. And you know, the big, the big difference is who your closest friends are. You know, I don't mean to be, to be mean to anyone, but I really only walk, as I thought about it, I really only walk with my closest friends. You know, and, and for that time that we're walking, we're going the same direction, we're sharing the same purpose, we're in conversation. This is what it means to walk with God. That you're not just bumping into him, but you're able to benefit from conversation with him all throughout the day. And you're going his direction, and you're sharing the same purpose. I wonder in your life, which would describe you right now? Do you, do you bump into God once or twice a week, once or twice a day, or, or do you walk with God? Maybe for some of you who have trusted in Christ, 2014, this year is the year where you decide, you know what, this year... I want to learn to walk with God. I don't want to just live another year where I bump into him and it's nice when I do, but I really want to learn to walk with God. Here's the fourth thing that it means to walk together. It's to share the load. That is the difficulties of life. We quote this verse often around here when Jesus says, Come to me, you who are weary and burdened. I'll give you rest. Such hope in that verse. And then Jesus says, here's how, take my yoke upon you. Now, it's easy for us to read over that because we're like, isn't that part of an egg? Is that part of an egg? What is a yoke, you know? And for those of us who didn't grow up on farms and, you know, now, like my generation and below, not even our parents 
Or even sometimes grandparents grew up on a farm were pretty removed from this yoke stuff. What's a yoke? Well, before tractors, you had animals pulling you know, farm equipment, right? To, to stir up your soil and your field and other things. So you, you get these two animals next to each other. And how do you keep them from going in different directions? Well, the farmers would put a yoke on them. Uh, often made of wood, leather, metal, whatever. The yoke is this big thing that once you get both the animals strapped in, they are going to go in the same direction. It's physically impossible for them to go in two separate directions. Even if they try, the stronger one is going to win. They will go in the same direction. So Jesus says, come to me, all you, you're weary, you're burdened from just carrying all your stuff in life. Come to me and I'll give you rest. And a lot of us think, great, Okay, and now I can go about my life in my own direction, do my own thing, and and my load's going to be lighter. But that's not what Jesus says. He says, lay down your way of doing life. Lay down your direction of life. Die to yourself. Take on my yoke, and that means you're going to go my direction, and then you'll have rest. Then your life will be easier. So walking together companionship, it's, it's sharing a purpose, but it's also sharing a direction. And when we share our direction with God, he shares our load with him. Does that make sense? You decide, okay, God, I'm going to go your direction. And then it's a whole lot easier because the stronger animal happens to be the one who created everything. Here's the next thing it means to walk together. It's fellowship. First John chapter one, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, We have fellowship with each other, with other believers, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So neat to see 1 John, which is way at the back of the Bible, almost to Revelation, picking up right where Genesis began. You were created to have fellowship with God, and until you do, you will be unsettled internally. Next thing that it means to walk together with God is joy. There's a joy that comes. We see this described in 1 John chapter 1. Well, let me close by giving you guys two reasons why we often don't feel like we're walking with God. I won't ask you to raise your hands, but if we, if we ask this question, as you walked in here today, did you really feel like you're walking with God? If we did raise our hands and if we were honest, it would probably be a minority of us who really feel like we're walking with God and probably the majority of us who would say, no, I don't. And you know, I I told the last service, all morning I have not felt like I'm walking with God. There's times when you don't feel it. And we'll get into that. But first, there's a more common reason why we don't feel like we're walking with God. It's very deep and it's this, because we aren't. Most of the time, when we feel like we're not walking with God, it's because we're not walking with God. And under because we're not, there's, there's two primary reasons why we're not. The first one comes from 1 John 1, verse 6. If we claim to have fellowship with him, in other words, yeah, me and Jesus are buddies. He's sharing my yoke. My life's great. But walk in darkness, we lie. And do not live by the truth. Uh, what's he saying? He's saying uh, our sins were forgiven at the cross. 
And when we place our trust in Christ, our eternal position as part of God's family is changed. If you've placed your faith in Christ, you've said, God, I know I'm a sinner. I want Jesus to be my Savior. Will you be the Lord of my life? I want to follow you. From that moment on, you're adopted into the family of God. And you know what? Once God adopts you, you can't get out. You're stuck in the family of God. Okay, after you place your faith in Christ, uh, you know, if you die on the way home today, some, you know, big old bus comes, I won't Okay, but you you get carried home to heaven. If you've placed your faith in Christ, you will be going to heaven, no matter what mistakes you make, because our salvation is not by all the good hard work we do. It's by Christ's work done on the cross. We access it by believing in it by faith. So that's our salvation, but that's a little bit different from walking with God. You can have a child who you adopt and love, who runs away from home, right? And that's very often in our lives on earth. We've placed our faith in Christ. He loves us no matter what. We're part of his family no matter what. But we've run away from home in various ways. And and, and we're not walking with him. And the most common or one of the more common ways is that there's ongoing sin in our life. There's some issue that we know God wants us to let go of that pornography. God wants us to let go of that unforgiveness. He wants us to let go of that jealousy or of that greed. Uh, Whatever it is, we know there's this thing and we choose it instead of God. And when that happens, it, it comes between us and God in the practical relationship. Does that make sense? So some of you are here today and you say, yeah, I don't feel like I'm walking with God. And the Holy Spirit this morning is saying, it's because of this. And in love, God is saying, give that to me. Turn away from that. Uh, Two verses later here in 1 John 1, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Some of you today don't feel like you're walking with God because you're not, because of a sin issue. And God in love says today, give me that thing. I have better plans for you. I want you to know my fellowship and my companionship. Underneath this idea of because we aren't, there's another reason why sometimes we aren't. And that's not overt sin. Sometimes it's like, yeah, there's, you know, there's no major thing between me and God, at least not that I know of, and I've asked him, but we're just too busy to listen to him. We're so, we wake up and our feet hit the ground and off we run, going our own direction in life. We're not doing evil, wicked things. We're not like scheming to, you know, do evil. We're just so busy doing our own life that we're not listening to God and we're too busy to walk with him. A few weeks ago, uh, Pastor Tom told us that there was a stagecoach robbery, I guess a historic stagecoach robbery, and supposedly there's some gold that was hidden over in the Granite Dells. I had never heard this before, but I'm trusting Pastor Tom because he's a man of integrity. He found it somewhere on the internet, which means it must be true. So, but let, let's just say that here in, in this folder, I have a map. I have a map that leads to that buried treasure in the Granite Dells. And a lucky one of you is going to get this today. Now, what would you do if you really believed that the map was in here? You'd open it up, right? 
Uh, probably, unless you're just incredibly selfless. You'd like give it to the Salvation Army or something. But most people, right, if you really believed it was in there, you'd open it up and see where the treasure is. Well, most of us say, you know, yeah, I believe God's word. It has all the direction we need for life. It has all the guidance we need. Everything we really need practically for life is in God's word and in his spirit. And we say we believe that, but we don't very often open up the word to look at the direction for our lives. And as a result, we're not listening. And then we're not walking with God. And then we feel like we're not walking with God. And it's because we aren't. Not because of some big overt evil sin. But just we've been omitting. We've been not listening. Not seeking out God's word for us. So again, this is not to guilt you or shame you. This is to encourage you. Let's be a people who walk with God. And we can't walk with him if we don't listen to him. Then let me give you some more encouragement. Here's a second reason why we don't feel like we're walking with God. It's because sometimes we are walking with him and we don't feel it. There are seasons like this in your life spiritually. When you are walking with God, You are looking into his word. You've surrounded yourself with other believers. There's not some sin that's quenching the Holy Spirit in your life. And yet you don't feel it. And you know what? That's normal to go through seasons like that. That's normal. And that's why God tells us this in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. This walk of walking with God, sometimes we see it. What is sight? It's one of the five senses. It's, it's sometimes we feel it. But there's other times we don't feel it. We don't see it. And, and we keep going by faith. So if that's you today, I want to encourage you. Don't give up. Hang in there. Just keep doing what God has said to do. The Christian life is not ultimately about feelings. It's about, it's about truth, and our, our feelings matter. But sometimes our feelings lie to us. So I'm not sure which of those three might apply to you today, but as we close, I, I want to give you opportunity to just say to God, God, I want to walk with you. You know, maybe for some, uh, you, you set out your goals a few weeks ago and, and you've gotten going and, and maybe you realize, wow, if I'm really going to walk with God this year, there's some things I'm going to have to take off that list because I'm just too busy. Or maybe you realize if I'm really going to walk with God this year, there's some things I need to add to that list because I'm not really surrounded by other believers. I'm not really getting into his word and listening to him. Or maybe you're here and it's clear that there's some sin issue that's straining the relationship with God. And today you can confess that to him. Or if you're here and you're, you're, just, you're being faithful, but you don't feel it, be encouraged today. We walk by faith. Someday you'll take another step and you'll come over a ridge and you will feel it. There's times when you do, times when you don't. Don't give up. So would you stand and pray together with me? Whatever the reason you've not sensed God walking with you, tell him that you do want to walk faithfully with him. Declare to God that you want nothing between you and you want to go his way 
At every intersection, every decision, every fork in the road, God, I do want to go your way. Would you pray together with me? Father, Lord, I thank you for the men and women in this room. They're here because they're seeking you. And Lord, I know that you're seeking them too. You want nothing more than to be in in a complete unhindered relationship with every man and every woman in this room. And so, Lord, right now this morning, uh, we come to you, and I just want to lead my brothers and sisters in a, in a prayer that they can pray to say, God, I, I do want to walk with you. I want to be like Enoch. Lord, at the end of my life, I want it to be said of me that I walked faithfully with you. I know I'm not perfect, but I can be faithful, and I want to be faithful in walking with you. Lord, those in here today where it has been some sin issue that has blocked the beauty of that relationship, let this be a time of laying those things down. And Lord, you died to set us free from those sins that we might walk in newness of life. And I pray for every brother and sister in here that they would walk in that newness of life today and choose to walk with you in it. Lord, for those of us who've been just too busy to hear you, we confess that to you. Lord, we, we want to hear you. So, so speak to us and give us the discipline, please, the grace to listen in your word and in prayer and with other believers. Help us to add or delete from our 2014 goals, however we need to. Father, there's some other men and women in here. You see them, that they have been walking with you faithfully. They're in a season where they don't feel it. And I pray today that you'd strengthen them that you'd encourage them, that you'd strengthen their faith, whether they feel it or not, that they'd have strong faith and that they would walk with you one step at a time. Lord, we give you 2014. We pray that you would guide our steps. Keep us in your yoke because your way is easy. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com.